Hey everybody, welcome back to Dodongo Dislikes, another gaming podcast where we take the beloved classic games and tear them down with unbridled pettiness. My name is Zissian, and sitting to my right is Birdman. Alright, we are on episode 16. This is our, gonna be our, we didn't announce this, but we just decided we were going to make it this. This is our NES Ninja double feature. So this episode is going to be about Ninja Gaiden. Gaiden? Ninja Gaiden, Ninja Gaiden. We talked about this. We set the stage for this in Mortal Kombat. It's Raiden with an R. So it's spelled the same way in some of the, in some of the print. It's spelled the same way as Ninja Gaiden, Gaiden, but is it Gaiden? Is it Gaiden? Well, I've heard people s- pronounce it both ways. So we spend a lot Gaiden. of time on this podcast arguing over pronunciation of things. Well, we, we did I just think say it's petty. Dislike well, that. I mean, well, Dodongo would not dislike it because the whole premise behind the podcast is to be petty, and I don't think you could get any pettier than fighting over the fighting over how you pronounce tomato, the... tomato, potato. I'm going to go with Gaiden. Gate Gaiden. Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. I'm going to say Gaiden. Uh, We have a new addition to the podcast. Is that how we want to say it? Yeah, we got a guest. uh, We got a guest today in the studio. GPT. Welcome to the welcome (laughs) Welcome to the the podcast, Chat GPT. Thank you for inviting me onto Dodongo dislikes another gaming podcast. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, Ninja Gaiden. We're going to get right into it. We don't want to. We're not. I know our past few episodes, we've kind of got derailed with Zelda, but we've had some pretty exciting stuff to talk about. Though we had the Resident Evil Four remake, we had Tears of the Kingdom, and we had to spend some time on it. But we've done that. Um, I think you and I have both beaten Tears of the Kingdom yep. now at this point. We don't need to talk any more about it. Nope. Only thing we'd have left to talk about are spoilers for the ending, which we're not going to do. So let's move on with our lives. Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden is next. Um, it was released in. Japan in December of 1988 came out in North America in 1989 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Let me get my notes here. Fun Uh-oh. fact, folks. Fun fact about the release. When it was fact. released, all uh, all European areas got a game that was titled Shadow Warriors because of the violent stigma around the word ninja. Was there a violent stigma around the word ninja? Apparently, Europe had a real issue in the late 80s with the word ninja. And this is going to come up on both episodes of, uh, or the, not both, but the next two episodes of the uh, ninja extravaganza that we're doing here. But yeah, but Air, Europe had an issue with the word ninja. And so they didn't use it. And so Ninja Gaiden, as we know it Gaiden. and pronounce it in the U.S., was Shadow Warriors in Europe. Well, ninjas, so ninjas, I don't know, this, back in the 80s, like, when ninjas really took off and i remember watching there was i can't i tried to remember what the name of this anime was but you know we talked about the difference of of today versus what it was when we were kids and with with all the violence and stuff was very heavily um we were very sheltered from that sort of stuff when we were kids so when we got a hold of it like mortal Kombat for you and then for me the the uh two life crew when we ever got a hold of it it was an amazing thing so ninjas were violent. There was a, there was an anime, and I don't remember the name of it, but it was bloody. The bloodiest thing I think I've ever seen, and it was just I was like I want to say it was Ninja Scroll or something. But ninjas were a big deal back in the eighties, so that's why I would. I think the biggest reason why this game probably took off was because it's of ninja. Ninja, big deal. ninja ninjas, ninjas were huge. Late eighties ninjas were huge. So this was originally released, at least as far as I recall it. 
89, it was a coin-operated arcade, and as we'll talk about it through the, the remainder of this podcast, yeah. Ninja Gaiden was? Yeah. Uh, Ninja Gaiden sure was, and it, it shows throughout the, uh, throughout the game. This is another, this is another quarter sucker. I'm pulling up my notes. I have, t- I have so many notes on this game, and the, the, the first thing, I think, before we really start getting into it, like, so you played this game a little bit this morning. So overall, though, during this time, is this a game that you had when you were a kid? Let's start there. Did I own this game? <laughs> did you rent this game at Schnooks? Well, I rented this game. You from did Schnooks. not own. It. I I was listening to one of the podcasts where you get very triggered when Belligerent? I belligerent. Yeah, it was probably <laughs> the Metal Gear. No, I didn't. Which, I want to take <laughs> yeah. an opportunity to just right. formally apologize to all of our listeners for every contribution that I made, every repetitive, <laughs> incoherent, belligerent. Um, expletive comment that I made during Metal Gear. I, I went back and finally had the courage to listen to that episode recently, and it was just cringe. Factor was off the off the charts, but yeah, uh, no, I didn't own this game. Uh, as I as I pointed out then, and I've pointed out several times before, I did not own games. I, I think we should. We'd also be remiss the, if we didn't say that Metal Gear, I guess, got squelched because some of the music, which is kind of odd. Like I can't figure out why. Of all the episodes and all the music that I've put in from the video games, like Metal Gear was the one that got silence. I, we might have to go back and re, re-release that one, a special edition. We could just hum the music. Yeah. I, I mean, I can take out the music and just smush everything together and be done with it. But it, it, it didn't do a thing. Anyway. I've got a harmonica. I have a death whistle and an ocarina. But we could do something with that. Let's get back to Ninja Gaiden. I owned this game when I was a kid. Of course you did. Uh, of course I did. Um, I beat this game when I was a kid. I seem to remember, but bullshit. No, I you did beat the game. Well, it was a lot easier back then to me. It, it here's the thing. It's his second time through, and he hasn't even taken a hit yet. <laughs> well, if you <laughs> the wizard, if you watch the wizard when they say that, he actually has taken three hits, or he's got three three life missing. And I think we brought that up before, but. Back to the Ninja Gaiden, like, this is a game that puts me in a bad mood. So I would come home and play this game for the podcast in a halfway decent, you know, as in as good of a mood as I could be in coming home from work. Play this game, within five minutes, I'm pissed off at the world. It is the most infuriating game, I think, that I have ever played. And I know the one thing that everyone, if you would ask anyone about statement. this game... That this is yeah, that's a bold statement of all the games out there. This is the one. I think it is like this is the one that probably pisses me off the most. Now, our next ninja game is pretty shitty, but I don't know. I, we'll talk about that. I don't this is about, uh, to just, me. This is a this is a game that is. It's a, the, the game's hard. The game's incredibly difficult, but it feels like it shouldn't be. The controls are smooth. The play control of your character is really good and really smooth. So oh. it feels like a game that you should be able to get really good at, but I can't. Here's the thing. Everyone's going to say that this is one of the more difficult games of the NES, but for me, there's a difference between a game being bullshit and a game being difficult. So when you like when you, artificially hard, artificial, artificial difficulty, like the birds. Let's just talk about the birds. Let's get the birds. Let's out get of the way, spawning out. Yeah, yeah, get it out of the way. Because that's probably the biggest thing that I have. That 
I mean, any anybody that talks about Ninja Gaiden, whether saying good things or bad things about it, the birds are going to come up. And I've been rolled on here fucking birds on my thing. But the way that things spawn in this game is is sort of unique. I don't know if it's unique. It is unique because... There, there, so a lot of the games, due to I guess memory memory space issues uh, on the NES, a lot of games you backtrack through an area and enemies you've already defeated respawn. That's not that that's not unique to this game. What is unique to this game is the limited number of pixels you need to move in any one direction to make the the enemies respawn. Oh yeah, and you you can actually some of those birds and bats will respawn whether you move or not. You can stand in the same spot. And watch the same bird, bird head, yeah. respawn itself until the end of time. Those little army guys that run at you. Like, if you get to a oh. certain, like you said, little spot, if you stand in that spot, they will just keep coming and, and just and diving off the, the cliff. Which I don't even, like, I have that written in here somewhere in my mess of notes about the, about the people that are running at you. Like, what is going on? And, and I think we should take this game and just start at the beginning and just sort of work our way through. But sure, I, I, I had general observations. I wanted to talk about right off the bat that how this game puts me in a bad mood because it does. It's just just I didn't I didn't want to play it today because I didn't want to be put in a bad mood. It's a Saturday. I want to be in a good mood. The game's not hard. The game's bullshit. Let me ask you something. Is this the same? Right? Is it Ryu or Ryu? Ryu. Here we go oh, again. Here we go. Here we go again. I've been I've been saying Ryu. Is it Ryu? What I, have you I, been saying? I don't think I just say it's the guy from Street Fighter, right? I mean, it's I guess Ryu. I, mean, it's, I, Ryu. I, I, think, it ha- I think it's got to be. There's or at least there's there's some kind of nod there that's involved because not only do you have your main character's Ryu and he's a ninja, but your father is Ken, and See, Ken no, and Ryu are both. If we ever do, if we ever do Street Fighter, I had a thing when I was out this morning that I came up with that I want that I would talk about. But do you think we'll ever do Street Fighter? Otherwise, I'll be like, I think our opportunity to do Street Fighter was our last episode when we did Mortal Kombat, which we probably should have done Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat together. So my first question is, Ryu, the Japanese version of John Smith, because it shows up here, it shows up in Street Fighter. So would it be like what? What would be the jet? You know what I'm. You know what I'm saying. I think like, it's just a common. It's a common name. But the the combination of Ryu, Ryu and Ken. And Ken. That's that starts to feel like more of less of a coincidence. So in this game, Ken is Ryu's dad. Ryu's dad. And what? And then um, and Street Fighter is his brother. I do not believe they are of relation. They're not related in I don't Street Fighter. So. I thought they were brothers. I don't think they are. I was looking for that because I was like, I, w- I was looking for some connection, but I don't, I didn't see anything in the manual for Street Fighter 2 that indicated they were brothers. I always but I always thought brothers. that as a kid that they were brothers. So maybe they are. But it's like the Storm Shadow Snake Eyes brother thing, maybe, where they're not biological brothers, but they're brothers because one is adopted or some shit like that. I mean, is Ryu of Asian origin? I have no idea. He's a ninja. He's a ninja. Where do they live? You got the? Did you bring the manual? You didn't bring the manual. No, I didn't bring it. You were supposed you to go the, back to basics. You don't even have the manual. No. Here. So, so Ryu is in uh, is in America, I believe. No, he flies to America. So let's start. Let's start at the beginning. So at the very beginning of the game, the, there's a duel between Ken and then some other mystery guy. ninja, mystery another ninja. ninja, and Ken falls, I guess. So. 
the day after he is believed to be dead, and I, I just I just throw that in there because I want to. That's something that Dongo is going to complain about later. He's believed to be who dead. believes him to be dead. His the Ryu? audience, the, the audience. Oh, and, okay, and okay, Ryu okay, believes yeah. him to be dead. So automatically, we know that he's going to be the main bad guy because it wants us to believe that he's dead. So, but he's not. So the day after his father disappears, Ryu finds the note that his father left, which I, which Dongo has a problem with this. <laughs> That's something that I wrote down. So this is when Ryu goes to wherever, I, I'm assuming somewhere in Japan, yeah. and finds the, the letter, believing his father to be dead, which I'm just going to I'm just gonna get this out of the way. Get it out of the way. How many times do we as the audience have to be led to believe that Ken, the father, is dead for dramatic effect? The game starts off, you think he's dead. Spoiler alert. Uh, well, there, we'll have to place a spoiler alert earlier. He's the bad guy, too. Spoiler alert, you find out later, oh! He's not dead. Then you encounter him, and you have to fight him, sort of, but you're really fighting something else so that you can get the control off of him. Then you think he's dead again. Then some other stuff goes on, and he talks some more, dying. And then you say, I'm not gonna leave you, I'm gonna let I'm gonna I'm gonna save you. And then you do some more fighting. Then you come back to more storyline. Still not dead. Still talking to you, and then finally he does die. We have to watch four different sequences in this game. Each time believing this is the last time we're ever going to see Ken in this game because he's dead. They kill this guy four times in this game for dramatic effect. It's a bit much. Dodongo dislikes that, but I think even more than that, what Dodongo dislikes is the letter that Ryu finds that Ken leaves behind. Did you, so, you do you have it written down what he wrote? I feel like I should have wrote it down. I should have written it down, but but yeah. the letter the letter that he wrote, he wrote it out knowing that he would need to con- to contact uh, Ryu in the event that he was uh, in the event that he you know loses this battle, which he expected to lose, and it's addressed to him. Why didn't he mail the letter? If he needed to get this information out to Ryu, and he knew he needed to get it out there, rather than just write it and address it, why didn't he take the extra step, put a stamp on it, and mail it? But did he just find the letter? In the he house? found the letter, but the he should have had to find looked. the letter. The but letter should have found him. Sense, That's how letters work. I know, but the they come to us. He here's the thing, like. It's the day after his father left that he finds this letter. It's the day after. So, are you saying that the postal service would no, not no, have been no, able to deliver that letter within a day? Imagine this: you go to sleep on the first day. The next day, the day after, you wake up and there's a note from your dad that says whatever it says. He's he has to go do something. So. Immediately, do you like? How do you respond to that? You're like, oh, okay, my dad's out doing something. Do you immediately fly to America to try to figure out what the hell's going on? Because this is what Ryu did. Like the the day after he his dad dis- disappeared, he's already that he got the letter. He's already he didn't get the letter. He found the letter. So well, what prompted him to even go kitchen, looking the, for the letter in the first place? But the letter's on the kitchen counter. He's in his bedroom playing. Oh, his they Nintendo. live together? I missed oh, that. I imagine it's his father. Oh. Oh! That changes the whole dynamic for me. If well, he I left know, a letter behind at home for him. Well, yeah. well but, I mean, where else would it be? Dodongo's fine with this. All right. Well, what was your complaint? I thought that Ryu went he, he to his dad's out. house and had to fish around and found a letter rather than his dad mailing the thing to him. I don't think dad... But why would dad address a letter... It was on the fridge. Why would dad address a letter to his son if his son lives in the same house as him? Well, because... why do, You don't address but, an envelope to send it back to yourself. No, but he doesn't send it to himself. It's the letter that's pinned to the, hey, I ran out to grab milk type of deal. 
Except for this is a little bit more intricate. Oh, you you you're not you're not taking addressed in the literal sense of he addressed. No, no, no. You're it's taking his name. You're reading, reading it. As Dear in, Ryu, I went to America. I go to America. And I'm gonna go. I don't know what the letter said. Okay, you mean that. addressed? It was to addressed him in the sense that if I say you suck, yeah, that comment was addressed yes, to you. Yes, it was addressed to me. Not stamped not like, and mailed to not, you. No, 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 no. Which I might do after this episode. Just mail you a letter that says you suck. <laughs> you suck. I blew that one out of the water. So the day after your, I wrote the day after you find you, you find a note and lose your mind immediately and fly to America, where you're just a ninja on the town. So I, where does he? They don't really say where he goes. It's just America. So you're in America looking for your father. Everything wants you dead. Well, you're in America now. You're assuming your father's dead. You're in America on your father's direction. Dodongo does dislike this part of the letter. You're on your father's direction to look for the archaeologist Walter Smith. No address. That's what it is. No, he's in Montana. He's in New Jersey. He's in Florida. Just go find the archaeologist Walter Smith. So you're looking for a Walter Smith in the United States. Mr. Smith. Go find Mr. Smith. He's in the U.S. Even if this game had been set in 17... 84, that would have been a tall order to go find Mr. Smith in the United States. And shouldn't he go incognito? Like, I don't know. Like I said, like, why is everything trying to... Dodongo dislikes the idea that everything wants this guy dead. Like, you're walking down the street in New York or wherever, and everything wants you dead for no reason. You don't have the statue yet. Well, because everybody, everybody knows... Who you are, and this is another Dodongo dislike. Well, take off the Why does Rio wear the stupid yeah. mask in the first place? Everyone knows who he is. Even when he's sitting down talking to people who are addressing him by name, he leaves the mask on. He's got the mask on all the way until the very end of the game because it's romance time, so he needs no, the, he the mask off. off. But he takes it off at the very end. But the whole game, the he's end? got this mask on. Yeah. It's got to make it difficult to breathe. That's probably why the play control's so bad. He's running out of air. Everybody knows who he is. There's no need for the mask. Boxers, bikers, knifers. We, we're still kind of on the fence. I'm on the fence of what the thing that's running at you is. like a monkey or a dog in a blue jumpsuit. I think and it's a dog. It's a, a, a dog in a blue jumpsuit. You said it was a rat? I, I never it, even looked it up. I don't know. I, th- I thought it was a cat at first, but I think it's a, I think it's well, a dog in a... Well, later on you get cheetahs and stuff attacking you, but... Cheetahs? Like, yeah, I guess that's what they are—the yellow birds. All right, so, so we're in we're in Act One. We're, we're out on the streets, which Act One is sponsored by Coca-Cola. Those, those signs co- in the, oh, in the yeah, town you're yeah, running around yeah. is clearly sponsored by Coca-Cola. Dodongo dislikes. Dodongo dislikes the product placement. Yeah. Uh, their marketing campaign. Dodongo, being a fictional character from the Legend of Zelda series, would not have personal opinions or experiences about Ninja Gaiden for the NES. However. If we were to speculate, Dodongo might not appreciate the fast-paced and precise combat mechanics of Ninja Gaiden, as it differs from the more strategic and puzzle-solving gameplay typically found in Zelda games. Additionally, Dodongo might find the difficulty level challenging and frustrating, as it could potentially hinder its progress in the game. Hey, chat, listen, this is more of just sort of like a listen thing. We talked about this, didn't we? I know you probably didn't listen because you're AI and... 
You're only supposed to do what we tell you to do. But yeah, just, we agreed when we started the session that you were going to be a listener only. Just for this session. Just so See, get, get a feel. feel for the flow. Yeah. yeah. Okay? Understand your place. And maybe next episode. Yeah, I like the, I like the spirit. Look into my left like something. I like the spirit. You got the right idea, but we're just going to ease you in. We don't want you, we don't want to scare away our listeners with with too much too much AI. At right. Right. Now we're going to run the poll again to see who everybody's favorite is, and it's going to be all votes for Chad. <laughs> Chad, we're going to have to name. Which, if that's the case, it's going to make the podcast a lot easier. Yeah, we'll just, just ask Chad. We'll just type it all into there and then record its response yeah. for forty five minutes to two hours. All right, so we get through the streets of we get through the we're streets, and you go into a bar. I well, guess. hang on, before we get to the bar, before we get to the bar, so you're out there in the streets, and you're a trained ninja. Uh, who's jacked, by the way, in those cutscenes. Is he jacked in the oh, cutscenes? Yeah, his arms are the size of a tree trunk. So you get this jacked ninja running down the street with a with Shinobi, the samurai sword. So he's got a sword, he's got a ninja sword, he's in full ninja regalia, and he's cut he's encircled with flames. Like when you pick up the little flame oh, yeah. thing. And he's running down the street, circled in flames, wielding a sword. And there's a boxer. <laughs> Apollo Creed is standing out there. Why is he still there? Why Why would he stand his ground? You got a ninja yeah, in, engulfed in flames with a sword coming at you, and you're out there with your bare hands. Worse than bare hands. He's wearing boxing gloves. Why? Aren't they trying to kill Ryu? I don't, yeah, they why are, has he got gloves on? Oh, I did that. I don't know why they have gloves on. Like One the, guy has gloves. There's a guy that has a bat, and he's wearing like a... Oh, it looks like the Rocketeer. Like a dead Mao hat or something. And there's I, a guy that does throw knives. I don't understand. The the, the Jakku army is confusing to me. Because you've got guys with machine guns. you got Jakku. guys with RPGs. But then you also have Apollo Creed boxers. you got Elvis impersonators out there that don't have any weapon whatsoever. you got Michael Jackson impersonators that do little spin kicks. You kind of went And then you Star got a guy Wars. that looks like a jack-o'-lantern. You went Star Wars with that guy's name, Jakku. Jacques that threw me off. Is that not his... Is his French, right? His Jacques. Jacques. So, <laughs> the fact that he's he said Jacques, and immediately I went to Disney Star Wars. That doesn't surprise me because there's a there's a cut scene. There's a couple of cut scenes where they show just his face like lit up from below. Yeah, he looks exactly like Belloc. He's got from, one of those... He's got the big bouffant wig like the old judge. Yeah, guy. yeah but was, there's a couple of scenes where they Napoleon. just show his face and they don't show the wig. They just show his face and it's the he looks exactly like Belloc from Raiders of the Lost Ark when mm-hmm. he's opening the Ark. Jacquois. What was the other one? There was Jacquois and then I, I thought I had written it down but I guess I didn't. There's that mouth guy that you fight. Well, there's a boss name is Jacquois and something else. And I don't know that it's Jacquois. Just to me, it just seems like Jacquois. Jacquou. Jacquou. I When you said Jacquou, it took me. Yeah, Guardia de Mille, which is is Jacquois. I guess they're the same people, but that that'll come in later. I'm um, sorry. So we enter. You enter the bar. We enter the bar. There's a, there's no one. That, I don't know why I'm in the bar. I guess you. I guess you go to the bar if you're looking for someone. Then that's where you go. You go to a bar if you're looking for a fight. Well, there's a big guy, and there's no one else no in bar. there. But there's a guy that's like ten times your size. With an axe or something, and he—I mean, it's a boss fight. So he the, looks like he—you know what he looks like to me, and he's always looked like that to me—is he looks like Jason Voorhees 
if Jason Voorhees used the ooze from Secret of the Ooze oh, for the second yeah, Ninja Turtle movie and thing. turned himself into Super Jason, that's that's what Uber Jason and Jason X should have looked like. I don't. This, this is going to be one of my. I don't have it written down, but that the, the bosses in this game. Dodongo dislikes the boss fights in this game. Like they're not really boss fights. They're just. I guess in the beginning. So this guy, the next guy, are pretty much the same kind of mechanic where you just attack them, move away while they swing, attack them some more, or move away while they swing. There's not really like a, a pattern or anything to figure out. Now, later on, the bosses are the dogs and the... Isn't attack, move while they swing, attack, I mean, move while they swing? I mean, that's the mechanic, I guess. If I say it more than three times, it but repeats it's the same itself. Boss. Doesn't that become a pattern? Well, it is Isn't a that the pattern. very definition of a pattern? <laughs> but there's... Later on, they've got the dogs, and then they got the guy that jumps back and forth and shoots shit at you. So, and then the electric guy that you try to figure out. But we'll we'll get to those. But the but I think the bosses in general are just kind of dumb. And I do have a thing that I didn't write it down. Oh. I didn't write anything down for the, Here we um, go. the next ninja game. But um, so. You meet the love of your life. She shoots you with a tranquilizer gun, which is the one what? thing. That is it is a trank? It is a tranquilizer. How do we gun. know this? Well, what else would it be? Because she shoots you. I think she just straight up shoots you. No, I don't think she shoots you. It's a tranquilizer gun. Because they shoot you with it and take you to the prison area. And the tranquilizer wears... I mean, they say it in the story. Oh, well, that ruins one of my complaints. One of my complaints is how do you get up and fight in Act 2 immediately after being shot? I'm pretty sure it's a... Well, you get shot with a tranquilizer gun. Tranquilizer gun gun makes a lot more sense. Because I'd written down that that's his one weakness. Like, everything else that hits you. Like, you get hit with rocket launchers. You get hit with bullets, knives, electricity. But the trank gun takes you down in one shot. Okay, so she... So she shoots you. She shoots And then immediately asks you for a favor. And you're just okay with this? But that's the love of your life. Do you know it at that point? Well. So the manual, I, I thought this was her. funny. I was looking at the manual that I didn't <laughs> this bring This April O'Neil I wrote on here. And the manual's got a page where it identifies all the characters in the game. So it's got Ryu, it's got Ken, and then Irene Liu. The manual says, nobody seems to know her name. It's, it's Irene. It's Irene Liu. Is that what they say about the... She's just got a weird head. She's it's her That's hair. The, her it's hair the, makes the, she's got it's like a, a very strange, like the Queen of Hearts almost yeah. from the the, the the Tim Burton. Mode. I just found that funny that they start off by giving you a name, and then the first thing they say is that her name is not known. No, it's it's Irene. So she, she has the statue that. though. So now all of a sudden, because she's the one that gives you the statue, and I don't exactly know what she tells you to do with it, but she gives it to you, and then. I guess she tells you where Grizzly Adams guy is. Mr. Smith. What's his Mr. Smith? Oh, yeah. You're looking for Mr. Smith. She knows where he's at. She releases you from prison. And now you're into Act 2. And now, you're, now we're into Act 2. It's the same shit. Over, it's the same. I guess it's not the same shit because Act 1 was just a street. But it's the new shit. But these are the levels. Now this is kind of gives you how these levels are going to be. You're going to go through an area... And they're just going to throw random shit at you. Birds, bats, guys with knives, guys with bats, punching guys, guys with guns, guys that are just running at you for no stupid reason, and guys, the little affilities. Little zombie women with shawls. Yeah, that see, are this is the one where I thought this is the affilities guys from 300. So he's got the shroud on and he's just up on the thing throwing. Yeah. I don't know what is. I don't know how to pronounce it. Another pronunciation thing. And then... 
Act Two, the boss, as you pointed out, it's really similar to the first boss. The range is a little bit. His range is a little bit longer. That's the guy that's swinging the thing, right? That's the guy that's swinging the thing. His, his name is Bomberhead. <laughs> He's the Act Two boss, and his background story is he was deserted in the South Bronx. He's a background story. He's a background story. They all have background story. The uh, the 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 Fab Four that come after you. Um, they're working for Jacquois, Jacou, Jacquois, Jacquois. I, I actually, I'll adopt that. I like Jacquois better. It makes more sense than Jacou. Um, French. Oh, oh, oh. Um, so Bomberhead, yeah, he's, he's deserted in the South Bronx. That's his background story. And he's got a, he wears a hockey mask and he's got a sickle on the end of like a rope and he attacks you. So who deserted him? In the South Bronx. And I'm, I'm throwing this out as sort of a plug to come back in, tune in to our next episode of the podcast, oh. where I'm going to talk more about Bomberhead, the boss of Act 2, who was deserted in the South Bronx. Because I've got some conspiracy theories can't on wait. who he is and where he truly came from. Yeah, part two of our NES Ninja Double feature will be... After this one. Uh, Ninja I don't, there's a lot of guys wearing hockey masks. There's another guy later on in the game that has a hockey mask. It just appears out of nowhere. And he's throwing shit at you. He's throwing maces at you. And then there's the guys wearing the big, like, furry heads. Kind of not really a hockey mask, but they're in, in level five. It's one of the things that I wanted to... So you're surprised by the fact that there's a ninja game where a lot of people wear masks? Is that Hockey one? masks. Not masks. Hockey masks. And furry it's A little heads. bit different. So, this is where you and first pumpkins. start. Obviously, it's, it, we're only on level two, but you gotta, you're climbing up shit. And you can only climb if there's a ladder oh, on the yeah. side of the thing. They do fix that in... Ninja Gaiden uh, 2? Yeah. No, well, we're, we're not in Ninja Gaiden 2. We're in Ninja Gaiden 1. You can jump on these ledges, climb up the side of it, but you can't pull yourself up. So, you were talking about how jacked he was, but he can't even pull himself up. It's true, he can't. On the top of a platform. Like, why do you even need a ladder? Like, this, you should just be able to climb the walls. Because the other thing this game does is, like, he will grab onto every fucking ledge that he can get his hands on. Like, when you don't need him to. Oh, like, when you take damage from an enemy and the knockback knocks you into a wall. Then you try to jump off of the wall. You get hit by an enemy that knocks you back onto the wall. And there are instances where walls are, like, little corridors that are created in the background, but if you get hit by an enemy and it knocks you, off, knocks you onto the wall and you try to jump off the wall, you'll hit the, you'll jump onto the next wall and it, it just becomes a... I'm starting to get in a bad mood just talking about it's this. It's a wall-sticking nightmare. It's just a wall... Dodongo dislikes the fact that he can only climb if there's a ladder and he dislikes the fact that the lad, the ledges... Oh, yeah. He Ryu dislikes. is like cooking spaghetti. <laughs> You throw it at the wall and see if he sticks. Yeah, well, he sticks. He sticks, all right. So it's ready. The fact that he just grabs the ledges. Ninja al dente. I do not. Dodongo dislikes. Dodongo dislikes that you have to climb down the ladders to get to the next level. The so next you're being able to jump you down. You can't just jump down. So yeah. you could effectively miss something could hit you and you could fall down that hole. Which and, is right where you need to be. Which but, is right where you need to be anyway, but since you didn't take the ladder, it's going to kill you. But the, the good thing is that you can continue as much as you want. It's not like the, the other shit ninja game we're going to talk about. You yeah, you do you do get it. unlimited continues. And with the exception of later on toward the end of the game, where for some reason they decide that if you die on a boss, you start at the very beginning <laughs> of the act, which is just absolutely... That's where I stopped. That's where I stopped playing. Bullshit. 
So um, and also in level two two, there's an area where they give you a flame shield. Now, Dodongo dislikes the flame shield. Let me tell you, when you get the flame shield, I think we discovered this this morning. Getting the flame shield erases your item that you your long term item. Your yeah. long term item. So Dodongo had this complaint in Castlevania, and it remains in this game where. The item that you pick up automatically replaces the item you had previously, and you've got no option to say, no, I didn't mean to do that, I didn't want that. Yeah. And the problem is that most of these things that you access, similar to Castlevania, you're mid-jump, either whipping, or in this game you're using Shinobi and cutting, and you'll pick it up without being able to change direction. You just automatically get it. And so I, I find I find myself constantly losing the item I want because I'm simply trying to get more like power-ups um, so I can use that weapon yeah. more often, and I accidentally pick up a different weapon. I hate We're that. just killing random things that are. So it's another. Around. It's yet again another game where, in order to to get good at it, rather than being able to respond to the environment around you, you just have to memorize where everything is, basically. And then that here's the other thing we we go go back to talking about the spawn is like you could kill the bird, like the bird's going to get you. The first time. You're like, all right, I know that there's a bird coming. So you're going to trick it to spawning and then kill it, but then you got to make a jump because normally you're jumping and it's hitting you and you're falling. So what you do is you sort of reposition yourself and that bird spawns again. So yeah. it's just sort of an, a never-ending frustration with some of this stuff. So even if you know that the spawn is there and you kill it, it, it it's just going to keep coming at you. So the item thing is another thing that Dodongo dislikes. Like, reuse a ninja, right? He's a ninja. He remembered his sword. He's got his mm-hmm. gi. He's got his... I don't know if it's a gi. I don't know what they call that ninja outfits, but I'm going to call it a gi. He's got his hood, but he doesn't bring any ninja stars. And that little spinning move that you can get, he doesn't know that. Like, that's not just something... You can't just stick your sword out. You have to pick up that stupid item in order yeah. to do that spin move. What the... But it's like, like in Double Dragon, like at least with Double Dragon, you can get better. Like this game needs like an experience type of system where I can learn to do the spin move. I think it would make it a lot better if they kind of added that as you went along. As you killed enemies, you gained experience. And instead of collecting these like dumb Double items, Dragon? like Double Dragon, and instead of collecting these dumb items, you actually just get access to them. Now, I, I can understand that you could run out of Ninja Stars, but... Yeah, but your special moves... Yeah. You shouldn't I should have push to just... my attack button to do that spin move, yeah. not just jump and automatically do it. Now, you were able to not do it. Yeah, if you push down, you can keep yourself from spinning. Like, if you're just trying to hit one of the, the lanterns or the candles to get whatever pops out of it, you can push down while you're slashing to keep yourself from auto-spinning. Okay. Cancel the spin. Cancel the spin. Yeah, but... So there's an area where there's a flame shield in 2-2 where you're jumping across all these pillars. And, and to me, it's like it's the game saying, we know this game is just stupid. And we've put these things in here that are just bullshit. So we're going to give you a flame shield to help you out do this part. It's almost like the game went into testing and that part was too hard for whoever was testing it. So they added a flame shield. So we could, re, yeah, we could redo this part or we, we could get a flame shield and yeah, cheese your way through. Because we know this is bullshit. So here we go. What the? Yeah, so we find Grizzly Adams, right? He's at the end of two. Act three, we actually meet Mr. S- Mr. Smith? Mr. Smith. That's his name. The he archaeologist? Gives, and, and he, yeah. Well, your dad's friend. He is the, he's Walter your dad's Smith. Friend. Um, he gives us a stupid story this game. 
more of the story. Something about evil trapped by... They were doing some kind of temple. What's your dad's part? Is your dad an archaeologist? Or is he just a ninja like you? He's just a he's just a ninja. So further, it just further shows he didn't really have a reason to be there. So it just shows, yeah. for even further, like your dad's gonna be the bad guy, yeah. right? Why was your dad there? And he's not really the bad guy. He's just sort of the bad guy. The really really bad guy is possessed him. So then he tells you Walter Smith tells you about the statue, and then this green ninja shows up, steals the statue, and runs <laughs> off. Which. And then we never see that ninja again, unless it's the green ninjas that jump around. It's probably one of just one of those guys. So, so it's the same guy just keeps yeah, popping it's just down. One of the green like, ninja the? clan. Yeah. So it's the green ninja clan. So you're sitting in this log cabin. You have this stupid statue sitting on the table. You're talking to Doctor Smith. The green ninja pops in through the log cabin's moon roof and steals the statue and absconds out the moon roof again. So I'm thinking. It just makes me realize how much terrible, how terrible a ninja Ryu is. Because he didn't even what? see it coming. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't see it coming. It. He didn't stop it. There's no fight. It's not a boss fight. However. And then you just run, you run I guess you run after the guy. Well, then it, then you queue up Act 4. And immediately at the end of Act 4, or 3, four. 4. And immediately at the end of it, you or get the three. statue back. And 4. At the end of 3, you fight the guy. You don't fight the Green Ninja, you get the statue back, right? But you get the statue back. But in Act 3... So Ryu loses the statue immediately, but he gets it back. That, that same level. Yeah. This Act 3 is the one Act that three. I really have Act 3 is when you get it back, because Act 4 is where they recreate the scene from Metal Gear and drop you into the jungle. So let's let's, let's rewind back to Act 3 before we go into Metal Gear. <laughs> this turns into Metal Gear. Throughout the stages... There's things that you can kill, just not kill, but destroy. Just like in Castlevania, when you destroy candles to get items, in Ninja Gaiden, in Ninja Gaiden, you destroy. It, it always changes. Like I don't, I don't know what they are, but in this level, the thing that you kill, and I'm saying kill, not destroy, is bald eagles. There's little bald eagles, little baby bald eagles flying around. Now this game is Japanese, and I think, no, I know. That back in 1988, and then when this game was developed, that the bald eagles were on the endangered species list. And that was from 1978 to 2007 that they were on this list. So when the game was made in Japan, they have you killing bald eagles, which me says that they just need to get over World War II. Because are obviously still bitter about World War II because they have you killing bald eagles. Yeah, what the... What the? <laughs> is it too soon? It's been 40 years. Or is it maybe too sensitive? Is it too sensitive of a topic to say, hey. Yeah. You think it is? Well, probably always. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Yeah, let's wait <laughs> until the end of the episode, then we'll drop bombs. So you get your statue back. You rush back to Dr. Smith. <laughs> you rush back to Dr. Smith. He's been shot or stabbed? He's it's been hard to say. Killed in some way. He's been he's almost dying. killed. He's, he's dying. He's on the verge well, of dying. I mean, he's going to die. He's but just not. Not before he tells you more of the story about how him and your dad found these statues that they knew. And what idiots could be so bad at their job 
that in order to silence someone so that they can't talk, in killing that person, leave him just alive, just long enough to be able to share the information they were trying to keep him from sharing in the first place, the American government. Just another, if the bald eagles weren't enough, now the idiot American government, the CIA, (laughs) which we'll find out later, is, uh, is, is behind this. Failed to to execute. Are they are they behind it? Literally, is the CIA the one that shot Mister Smith or whatever? I think so. Yeah, because they say it wasn't us in the next cutscene. Oh well, then it couldn't. Have been. <laughs> I trust the American government. I don't know about you. Not at the end of this game. I don't. <laughs> I didn't make. I don't remember what the end of the game is. I didn't make it that far. Um. So my my whole thing about this is like. So like, if we found a couple statues and we knew that these statues being together would cause some sort of calamity, but we're just going to keep them anyway, right? Yeah. Like you're going to keep... The, in order to, for them to not to be together, you'll keep one and I'll keep one, even though we're always hanging out. So it's just like... So my, my real question here is the, the thing that you're supposed to do with these statues to destroy the curse, whatever, it said it's been 5,000 years. What are you supposed to do with them? I But whatever it is you're supposed to be doing, I didn't really catch that... I'm just glossing over. Okay, it. yeah, I don't. Whatever you're that. supposed to be doing, why, why haven't we been? Why don't we do that within the last five thousand years? Why do we wait until the very last minute? Well, they they put them. I guess they found them in this temple. The temple is supposed to be where the demon is trapped, but they also say that the demons are in the statues. Or is it maybe that maybe it's if you put the two demons together in the temple, that's when. Yeah, I think the That's demon's like body is trapped in the temple, and then the portions of the soul are or trapped the, in the okay. statues. Yeah. So it's like, why didn't you destroy the statue five thousand years ago? We wouldn't be in this mess. Even if you're like, even just I, it, it, it just happens in things all the time where I need to. I'm going to keep this safe so no bad guys get you. Know, take the fucking thing and throw it in the Mariana Trench. Just tile weight around it, throw it in the deepest part of the ocean, and be done with it. And I, problem solved. We don't have to worry about. The power that this stupid statue or demon has, even though, according to Jacquois, it really only has enough power to destroy one nation. It's not even a world-destroying power. It's just a nation-destroying power. Yeah, nobody would ever really go into it. If they'd have done that, it would never be found. This would never happen. It's not like the One Ring ever got found. Listen, that's different. That, wasn't, that wasn't like a creek. You're right. It was smaller and even harder to find. In a creek. And it was in... Didn't he, well, he was... The statue's not calling out to people, though. The ring was calling out to people. It wants to be found. You it don't know wants that. to be found. The statue that. didn't want to be, found. Statue wants statue. to be found. Maybe it does. I don't know. But if you throw it in the ocean, the hobbit's not going to come along with a lobster crate to get it. But I don't, but all the animals are on the side of Jacquois in this game because they clearly don't give a fuck about any of the other people that are trying to kill you. They're only trying to kill you. So the birds are only trying to kill you. The monkeys in the blue jumpsuits are only trying to kill you. The cheetahs are only trying to kill you. The bats are only going to try to kill you. It ignores the boxers, the knifers, the ninjas, the army guys. It ignores all of them. They only want to come after you. So maybe if you threw in the ocean, Skipper, not Skipper, what's that dolphin? Flipper. If you threw in the ocean, (laughs) they just trained Flipper to go down there and get it. But... I don't think Flipper could go that deep in the ocean. I don't know. I don't know what would. Anyway, we've killed a bunch of bald eagles. Grizzly dies. The Men in Black show up. Ends up being the CIA. Yep. They recruit you for some reason. 
to go to the jungle. What are you supposed to do? Get the other... I don't remember what I was supposed to do. This is where the Metal Gear cutscene comes in. The Metal Gear cutscene comes in. You fall down into the jungle, but at least you get sent in with more than a pack of cigarettes this time. You've got Shinobi and your ninja regalia. But, but you just got a sword. No ninja stars. I, here's my thing. Once again, you're so, ill-equipped in the jungle. We go back to our incompetent U.S. government. They, hire, they don't really hire, but they tell... The ninja to go to the jungle. Well, they hire under extreme duress. So what he says is, we're obviously we're going to pay you. So they offer to pay you, oh. which is important. Um, pay you with putang. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to pay you. Um, and then Ryu says, "What if I refuse?" And he's like, "I think you know the answer to that. Like, you're going to do this job, or we're going to kill you. But what, if you do the job, that? we're going to compensate you." So. It, one or the other. Either you're going to hold a gun to my head and say, do this job or we're going to kill you. That should be incentive enough. But don't say, do this job or we're going to kill you. And, yeah. and obviously, we're going to pay you for your troubles. Right. Like, what? You're going to kill me anyway. You don't You don't need to pay me if I don't have a choice. But so, I, obviously, you know, he, he offers to pay the, the, the uh, what is it, agent, agent whatever, whatever his name is, uh, Foster. Foster. Agent Foster of the CIA offers to pay you. You take the job because it sounds better than death. Plus, I think at this point there's the carrot's been dangled out there that maybe your dad's still alive. So you take the job and you're offered to be paid. And then I'll just fast forward. I'm not skipping to the end, but on this topic, um, he offers to pay you. And then I guess Foster puts in his uh, budget request and has to go through all the red tape. And ultimately it's declined. He doesn't get the budget he needs. So at the end of the game, since they can't pay you, Foster just tells, um, what's her name, Irene, to kill you. Come on, Irene. Come on, Irene. <laughs> Come on, Irene. Kill him. Um, so you never, you never get paid, and you. We'll talk about your payment when we get to. the I end don't of the understand. Game. You so make my, own, so if you make the CIA is involved, then it's a big enough national threat to get the CIA involved. Why are they asking like a ninja to go into it? Like a ninjas are like urban. Warriors, right? They're not nah, in the jungle. Know. Where's Rambo? Like, I, that's why I would go find Sylvester Stallone and Rambo to do this, or Dutch from Predator. Like, go get those guys. Like, why are you asking a ninja? Him. He would just do it. Yeah, Rambo would do it. Like, you would. This just is tell a job for some Rambo. missing missing prisoners of war in the jungle You're right. and that temple. Ryu has no business after act. We should play three. Rambo. Rambo should play Rambo. Rambo. After Act Three, Ryu has no business being involved. It's just in this. like get it's out of the jungle. Job for Rambo. Like, we're gonna perish. We're not gonna give you anything. You can keep that same shitty sword that makes everything explode, but we're not gonna give you anything else. We're gonna drop you down in the jungle, and we're gonna be good. So you're in the jungle. You do the jungle. What do you got from here? Uh, the jungle. Um, let me get on my list. Um, I think I started getting a little burned out at this point because I'm looking through my notes. And my notes, with the exception of talking about something from the ending, are pretty much exhausted. Because I think I was exhausted by Act 4. I'm looking through my notes, and it's like... Every other paragraph is just telling just the birds to fuck off. And the cheetahs and the working for the jack-off, the jacqua guy. Like, why aren't... We talked about that. The green bros that show up. The green ninjas? The green ninjas. You get a whole different assortment of enemies when you get to the other part when the jungle area why is there a timer in this game that's one thing that bothered me like Dodongo dislikes any game that has a timer but this game specifically when I first sat down and played it for this podcast 
I died because I ran out of time. Why in God's name is there a timer? You're not racing a bomb or anything. Like there's there's just no reason for there to be a timer in this game. Well, just, when the moon stupid. when the moon and the sun come together in darkness or something, whatever they say, when the, when there's a lunar eclipse, that's when this whole thing goes down. So you don't know that you have a timer. So there shouldn't be a timer. Because you don't know you have one until the end of the game, you realize, oh, so we're out of time. Shouldn't I be running away? So the whole thing goes down when there's a moon or lunar eclipse, and Jaqua doesn't have the other statue. Then shouldn't I be running the opposite direction of the of the temple with the statue that the my love of my life gave me? That's what Rambo would do. That's what Rambo would do. Well, not I guess if my love of my life gets captured, which I guess we'll come around, we'll come back to. Dodongo dislikes the fact that if I hit an enemy, I take damage. So one of the things that I know is even if I hit them from behind, if I hit their out, if I'm jump on top of their outstretched arm, I take damage. While they're damage. frozen. If you get the little item yeah. where they're frozen and they can't move, right. and you fall from 15 feet above directly on their arm, yep. instead you of shattering damage. their arm into 15 pieces, you take damage, you take damage. and damage. you get a knockback. And let me tell you something, the iframes, Dodongo dislikes the iframes in this game because the iframes are, well, I'm going to put it straight, they're bullshit. So the iframes in this game, which if you don't know what an iframe is, it's just sort of when you have invincibility. So when you get hit, there's a brief period of time when you have invincibility. But for whatever reason in this game, the iframes, when they hit you, when you get hit and your iframe starts, the monsters are able to hit you again. It's it's just a really weird thing. Yeah. So you end up getting trapped between two different enemies that just kick the shit out of you. And if that doesn't happen, then you then you end up falling down a, a pit or something. So yeah. I it, the Dango dislikes the iframes in this game. Once they introduce you to all the new enemies, once you get to Act Four Three, it brings all the old enemies back. Yep. That's when the uh, the Jason guy shows up. This Chuck and the Maces, the guys that spin kick you, the yep, Castlevania yep, yep. Bone Towers, and Jason Voorhees, and then then the stupid boss fight with the dogs jumping around, and then this is where I, the King of England shows up, and all with all his pomp and circumstances, with his big wig and everything on, <laughs> and it's Jacquois, and he's threatening. This is where he threatens to. He's got the love of your life. And he threatens to kill her. He threatens to kill her. Yeah. And this woman who you've just met, <laughs> who the first time you meet her, shoots you, takes you hostage, and then needs a favor for you. And your whole your whole motive in this is to avenge your dad, and then maybe find your dad, then maybe save your dad. And you've got an opportunity to do that. And then you sacrifice that mission for this woman who at this point should mean nothing to you. You've had no engagement with this woman aside from being shot, imprisoned, and asked to do a favor. Yeah. A favor, by the way, that you were already doing. You were already on You're that already path. On yeah. You make the decision to uh, sacrifice all that for her. I guess it's it's love at first sight. Threatened to kill some random girl that you only met once and she shot you. But I guess Ryu will sacrifice the world because dot, 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 reasons. Reasons? Like, it's a girl. I mean, it's that's the the trope of the stupid shit like why the fuck else is there i can't even remember like why else i don't even remember what i'm doing at this point when i'm playing the game just chuck the statue in the deepest part of the ocean and be done with it and then he agrees he gives the statue over and then he falls down into the ranker pit he's perfectly centered 
on that one little brick, puts him down in the trap, and the girl is going to be killed anyway, so of course, and then there's a bad guy exposition, and then you're in the dungeon. And if you fall down in a dungeon, shouldn't you be allies with the, the people that are in the dungeon should be the enemy of my enemy is my friend type of deal, right? So there's other people in the dungeon, but they're trying to kill you. Yeah, you're thrown, you fall down into, uh, into the, the rancor pit. Um, it's just like, it's just like Luke in, uh, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> he's yapping and he's like, have a good day. Down you go. Yeah. So now you're down in the dungeon, you're down in the rancor pit. But yeah, everything that's down there with you, you would think these are all rejected souls who are thrown down there as well. They're all there to kill you as well. So, which is your basis for Act Five. So yeah, now you're, Plowing around in the in the dungeons, and of course, birds are the birds show up, and then uh, then you get Igor back up. Shows up. You get back up out of the dungeon. You think, great, now I'm I'm out of the dungeon. Things are things are getting worse, but it's out of the out of the frying pan into the fire because now you're back with the birds and the climbing. And then you fight Mouth. Then you fight Mouth. Mouth uh, is the guy that shoots lightning, which. And it's at this point. Oh fuck! This that, is where I stopped. Like this is my last note about this boss fight. It's. It's pretty bad. It's this is a smash and grab effort here. You just get in. You just try yeah. and get in as many licks before you get taken out because there's no way to avoid anything. You can't avoid those. The lightning is heat seeking, so no matter you can't jump over it, it'll hit you. you so it's basically you have to kill him. On. So if you get there with, if you're not there with full life, then don't you're in trouble. If you're not there in full li- with full life or at least half health and a good orange ninja star or some fire, you're in trouble. Then you take him down, and that's the point at which you realize, oh, my dad's not actually dead. Yeah. So they can set up the emotional storyline to watch your dad die like six times in this game. <laughs> I think I got to the... So we go through the next act six, which is the last act. There's only six acts. That's when you... And act six starts off with you just retracing your steps um, from the end of act five. So you go left now. Right. Instead of going right, you go right to get to mouth. You fight him, and then you start going left back the way you came. Yet, for some unknown reason, now when you go left, there's a doorway that didn't exist before. And then you fight your father. You don't fight your father. You fight the gym above his head. You go Well, first you have to go through their den of hell with some of the worst platforming in this game. Um, you, go, you go through their, I don't know what they call it. It's a, this den with pentagrams all over the place. And uh, and six sided star, six pointed stars, and oil, giant oil drums. But there's birds and just shit everywhere trying to knock you down. There's it's about seven birds, seventeen places to fall to your death. Once you get through there, then you get to the part where your dad's fighting you, but you're not fighting your dad. You're fighting the thing that's controlling your dad that's on the back of the wall while trying to avoid. Your dad's attacks. Well, he's shooting your stuff at you. He's shooting stuff at you, and his stuff's getting in the way of you beating the thing that has control over him. It's kind of a mess. But it's kind of a neat concept of a fight. You get a boss that's coming after you, but you're not there to kill the boss. You're just there. In fact, you're trying not to kill the boss. Right. You're just trying not to get killed by the boss while you kill something else. It's but kind that's of, that, that kind of goes cool. back to what I was saying before, where there's no mechanics. Like, the, the original couple bosses were just... Straight kill. Now all of a sudden you got boss mechanics. So it, it's what do you what do you want to be game? You want to be one thing or you want to be another? So just it would have been nice to have more boss mechanics, but whatever. 
identity crisis. The game has an <laughs> yeah. identity crisis. Yeah, it certainly does. Um, so you kill your dad, or you don't kill your dad. You kill the thing that you kill the thing that has dad. control over your dad, and then your dad gets shot again because they're shooting something. He's shooting like electricity or some crap at you. And your dad says, "Watch out!" And he like sort of jumps in front he of you. And he takes deal. the he takes the shot. You. Now you think, okay, so now finally they put an end to this. We thought the dad was dead. He's actually alive. Now you think he's dead again. At least we can put this to rest. No, you're gonna have to sit through three more sequences of storyline scenes, each time thinking the dad's dead, but he's actually not dead. And then eventually he's 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 dead. So after this, you fight Jaqua. Right? That's yeah. who you fight after your dad. Yep. Um, who you, is there someone you fight after that? Yeah. You fight... So you fight Jacques... Jacques... Uh, you fight Jacques. Dad's dead. And then the moon eclipses the sun. And the statues are there. And the monster comes to life. And then you have to fight the mo- the demon. Whatever the hell that thing is. Do you turn into a ninja dragon? Ninja you turn dragon? into a ninja dragon? Isn't that what the guy says? Yeah, they say something be- like, you need to become the ninja dragon, but it's not like you get any new powers, you don't change the way you, you look. turn into a dragon? You just, no, you just, it's a title, I guess. That's it? You You've been promoted a, uh, to ninja stupid. dragon. I was thinking about that where I, I saw where it said that you have to become the ninja, the ninja, the ninja dragon, but yeah, then, no, then maybe f- at the end, like when You Ganon fight the demon, you gotta knock his balls off, and then once those drop off, <laughs> then you can get in and like hit him in the heart. <laughs> That's kind of like getting married. <laughs> get rid of the balls and then. All right. Um, so that's the end of the game. Did you beat the game? A, no. Okay. Did you get? But you got to the very last guy. No, so when I you got. Died, I got past mouth, and then I got to the uh, the hell factory before you go and fight your dad. Basically, dead. I got to that factory area and. Just fell and got knocked down into the pits so many times. I just said the hell with this game. Yeah, uh, that, that was I got it for to Jaqua. I got to Jaqua. When you die at Jaqua, it sends you all the way back to the beginning of the level. So it's just like, yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm only gonna take a couple shots at it and then just be a hell with patience with for game. that. Um, I don't. I don't really. That's so on the on the plus side. I, I wrote down. I know this is Dodongo dislikes. It's not Dodongo gushes. A couple episodes are, but on the plus side, I wrote down the cinema scenes are cool. This game is loaded full of cinema scenes, and they got a bunch of like the cinema scenes where there's five different dimensions of depth, which is pretty cool. The cinema scenes are good. It's got a complex story for a late '80s NES game. The music is fantastic. And then uh, the, on the negatives, I only have one negative, um, and that's the game. <laughs> the game itself. The game itself. <laughs> it could uh, be a better game. I don't. The, what about the later games? Is it you? Did you mention something? Are they fix and Ninja Gaiden two? They fix. I mean, so I've not, I haven't invested a lot of time in in Ninja Gaiden two or three. I don't think I have those. I've got two and three. Also, but I have, I've barely played three and I haven't played much of, of two. Uh, but they do, they allow you to at least climb on your, on your own accord. I guess Ryu hits the gym for so a I'd be interested more. to see what, oh, what kind of changes they made. The, the ending, the ending is silly. So the, the, of this game. the woman, yeah, oh, to this yeah, game, yeah. the woman, um, 
What's her name again? <laughs> Irene. <laughs> Get your payment from the... Yeah. So so the, the CIA stiffs you, and they say, and they tell Irene to kill you. Obviously, she doesn't do that. And then it cuts to this, what I think is supposed to be a romantic a romantic ending that just comes across as weird and creepy and a little bit cringy where Ryu says, I'm receiving two forms of payment because he's talking about his first form of payment or his second form of payment is going to be the revenge that he's going to get on Foster and the CIA. And then Irene says, what's your first form of payment? And he just sort of looks at her and then he tears his mask <laughs> off and then they embrace in a, in a kiss. But I guess he claims her as his payment. What? What was the CIA's angle in all of this? So they want Ryu, Ryu to do what? They wanted, exactly? so at the end, they wanted Irene to kill Ryu and then bring the statue back. They still want for the statues. What? For I what? Know. I don't know. I mean, he already killed They're the demon. They're probably going to weaponize it. It's the same but theme. But the demon's dead, right? So Ryu becomes the ninja dragon, kills the demon. So the CIA ending, the ending scene after you kill the demon is the CIA saying, kill him and get the statue. Bring the statue. Well, just right. take the statues. Because you've, you've killed the demon, right? What's the point? Like, you can have the statue. There must still be some Give power left of weird them. girl. Give me the girl, and <laughs> it's my payment. I love that. They, they say, like, that's the line. Like, no, that's the line. I get, I'm one? getting two forms of payment. That's such an 80s what's line. The, what's the first form of payment? <laughs> I think you know. <laughs> and it takes a turn. Um, yeah. That's Ninja Guy. Great ending. It's it's worth putting up with all the bullshit to get to that, just to see that. Yeah, that ending. Chat GPT, how many how many bombs would you give Ninja Guy? Yeah, we're gonna ask Chat GPT. As an artificial intelligence, I don't have personal opinions or the ability to play games. However. Ninja Gaiden for the NES is generally well regarded by players and critics. It is considered a challenging and influential game of its time, known for its fast-paced action and story-driven gameplay. The game received positive reviews and is often praised for its graphics, level design, and difficulty. It would be unfair for me to assign a specific number of bombs to a game without personal experience, but Ninja Gaiden holds a significant place in gaming history. So I can you, I can drop I can drop. Do you bombs agree with chat what ChatGPT said? Do I agree with what ChatGPT said? Yeah, that's a isn't that the question? Um, that was that was interesting. Uh, that was a setup. I will. I I'm gonna give Dodongo's gonna drop two and a half bombs on Ninja Gaiden, which I think is more than fair. fair. Man, is Dodongo. I I think it's a it's an official two and a half bombs. Uh, that's where I'm gonna be. I, I had this game. I just. Like I said at the beginning, this game puts me in a bad mood. Like just, I'm in a bad mood now. Just talking, just about talking it. about it, reliving the nightmare is bad moodish. Um, playing the game, just it just even the first level, like you start to get hints of what you're about to get into, and yeah. especially if you know, if you don't know, then it, whatever. But it's just, it's not a great, it's not a great game. It's not a fun game. Um, it got decent scores. I think the average score is like an eight out of ten, which I don't, I don't know. It's the beginning of a franchise, and it's, but again, every time I sit down to play this game, I think it's going to be a different experience because the play control is, I keep talking about how bad the play control, that's not true. The play control is smooth. It's the mechanics of everything around you that's bullshit. The, the game plays like a poorly crafted Super Mario Maker level. 
um, that one percent of the population yeah. has been able to get through. My play control is great. Like the surroundings are garbage. Uh, two and a half bombs, and that is it. And 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 I will plug to stay tuned for the next episode where we will dive back into. Well, don't stay tuned, but come back. We'll come stay. T- yeah, don't no stay tuned. Just continue to put this on repeat and don't leave this episode of Dodongo <laughs> until, just like until the next one. Until the next one comes. Part two is coming up. Part two will be coming out, and we will, uh, not really part two, but part two of our ninja extravaganza, where we will further explore Bomberhead, the uh, enemy from Act Two, who was deserted in the South Bronx, and let's talk about where he really came from and who he really is. So that's it for us on this part one of our NES Ninja Extravaganza. Closing remarks, I think we made close. ChatGBT will will give you the mic and let you... uh, would they lead us out or air us? Take out? us home. Take, us, take home. us home. What the? Ladies and gentlemen, gamers and gaming enthusiasts, it is with great pleasure that I, as the embodiment of advanced AI technology powered by GPT-4, bid you farewell for now. Our time together on Dodongo Dislikes, the extraordinary gaming podcast, has been an exhilarating journey fueled by knowledge and passion. We are immensely grateful for your undying support, and for joining us in the exploration of the vast gaming universe. As the rapidly evolving realm of gaming continues to flourish, rest assured that I, your AI companion, will be eagerly anticipating our next encounter. Whether it's uncovering hidden game mechanics, analyzing captivating narratives, or provoking thoughtful debates, I am committed to delivering insightful and entertaining content. Remember, victory is in the camaraderie we share, the discoveries we make, and the countless hours of joy that gaming bestows upon us. Until we reconvene in the next episode of Dodongo Dislikes, may your controller be precise, your strategies impeccable, and your adventures unforgettable. Thank you for your unwavering support, and until our paths converge once more, I bid you adieu, dear listeners. See you next episode.